Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently, and breathe easy. Michelin wiper performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin premium wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers. Welcome to Beyond Baseball Shorts, uh, the podcast powered by Prospects Live that we just give you a little bit of behind the scenes looks into some of your favorite prospects. I'm very lucky to be joined by another amazing guest, uh, Max Bain of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Max, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I just appreciate the opportunity to come on here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to kind of dive a little bit into your journey, get to know who you are for the, the viewers and the listeners here. Um, so just to kick it off, just give everybody a little bit of background on how you got to where you are. I know you have an amazing and incredible journey that it's kind of different than most players. So just okay. dive a little bit into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, um, I guess getting to where I'm at right now, I'm currently in double A with the Chicago Cubs. I played for the Tennessee Smokies this summer. Uh, but if we backtrack back to about 2019, that's when I graduated from Northwood University, uh, Division II school up in Michigan. Um, Played there all four years, didn't do the whole JUCO route, uh, and, you know, had some pre-draft interest, talked to a couple teams, had a couple pre-draft interviews, uh, but nothing quite came together. And to be honest, it was probably for the better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I was ready for minor league baseball at that point. Um, so I was able to, I was fortunate enough to be able to continue playing. I played a little bit in that summer uh, for the Kalamazoo Growlers in the Northwoods League and eventually signed a contract with uh, the United Shore Professional Baseball League mm. out Utica, Michigan. So it was a neat opportunity that allowed me to keep playing, uh, get paid while playing and live at home. So, um, but I left the, uh, I left that 2019 season unsigned, um, kind of wondering like what was going to make me stand out. Uh, you know, I think that was really my first exposure to being on a team where everybody expected to sign. Uh, and that's not a knock against the guys at Northwood or anybody in division two for that matter. I just don't know that that's the goal for everybody when they go yeah. or they commit to a division two school for four years. Um, you know, it's a very team centric game where everybody's trying to win and you're trying, you're just trying to make the most of the four years. And I think we did a pretty damn good job of that too. Um, so, uh, you know, being in Utica, that was the first time, like I said, I've been exposed to a team where everybody was trying to sign and I, I found myself continuously, or I should say repeatedly, like looking around, like, what am I going to do here that's going to make me stand out from all these guys? Um, you hear about scouts at every game and 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 whatnot. You just want to be one of those guys that they look at. And you got to stand out. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Um, so I, I, I was fortunate to have some pretty great mentors there. Uh, Ty Hensley, who was a former first-round pick, um, I think 2012, same year as Stroman. I um, was fortunate enough to have him around. 
couple good assistant coaches, uh, really just kind of taught me what it was like to be a professional. Um, but I left there, like I said, unsigned. So I kind of took things into my own hands for the first time. Uh, I went to Cressy for lifting. I went through driveline um, for, for throwing um, and really kind of reinvented myself. I went in the off season at about 280 pounds, 285 uh, was was down from about 300 when I graduated. Wow. Uh, so I, I was about 285 when I went in the offseason, got down to about 260 and saw myself jump from a guy that could touch 91 to a guy that could touch 97. Wow. Um, so and that happened in four months. So once that all kind of came together, everything else took care of itself on the back end. I posted a video to Twitter, got retweeted by Pitching Ninja back when he was kind of doing that thing for uh, guys in my position. And I heard from 18 teams. Oh, wow. The Cubs were the first team to offer me, uh, although there were some scheduled stuff. There was some scheduled stuff um, to be completed, but we never got there. I took my I took my first offer. I took Arizona spring training. I was I was ready to go. Uh, I went to my first spring training, which was a pandemic year. Looked around. Basically, (laughs) got nowhere near where I need to be. Took that. I, I went home for that summer Threw 100 innings in a cage. Dropped another 35 pounds uh, and went back for, for 2021 camp and immediately was put in high A. Uh, and then obviously the progression, uh, I guess the progression, I ended up in double A this year, which got to experience an in-season promotion, which was really cool. Yeah, that's an insane transformation just to go from that, like touching 91 to 97. Um, yeah. when you, you think about the, the, the journey that you took um, and kind of deciding where you wanted to play pro ball at. Uh, what went into like deciding which team to go with? Um, to be honest, uh, I kind of touched on it in the last answer. I, <laughs> I grew up, so I grew up and about four or five times a year, I would go out to Arizona and play for teams out there okay. playing at all the spring training sites. So once I saw how nice Arizona was, I had family, or I, have, or I have family out there. Um, just the whole setup is great. Phoenix is a great spot. Yeah. A good spot. You're 10 minutes South of Scottsdale, which is really nice. And Honestly, like I picked Arizona spring training. That's where I wanted to be. And I got so lucky because Craig Breslow, who's our director of pitching, him and I had a phone call when I signed and he tried to sell me on the org for like 45 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> Craig, you don't have to sell me, man. Like this is, this is where I want to be. But everything he was saying, everything he said in that phone call came to fruition in terms of the tech, in terms of the people, in terms of the development philosophy and just the overall ability to create a good culture within the organization. And I'm really, really thankful for that because I have a great supporting cast, uh, and I can't even call them that. I, I have a great coaching staff that's willing to work with me day in, day out, uh, and treat every guy the same. And and I can't, I like I, I can't be more thankful for that than I am right now. That that's amazing to hear. And I, I'm biased. I'm from Arizona, so I think yeah. Arizona spring training is way better than Florida spring training. I've just heard. So I can't. I can't fault you. <laughs> too many horror stories about the FCL. Yeah, games in the middle, and you just like. When you're an undrafted free agent, you don't know the situation you're getting into. And obviously, Arizona Arizona summers aren't cold, uh, but at least it's dry heat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. You get down to the swamp down in Florida, you're like, mm, yeah. nope, hard pass. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, but I've, I got very lucky being, being a Chicago Cub. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, the one thing you really touched on that hit home to me too, you talked about culture. Um, I worked for the Kansas City Royals for a while. And a lot of the reasons players were drawn there was because of the environment they created for the players. Sure. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that gets lost in terms of uh, 
way where people go and things uh, in that nature because uh, it gets lost that sometimes these are human beings and I think that's why everybody liked playing with the Royals is because they really focused on the humans outside of the guys that they were drafting and the personalities that they were drafting and they wanted to bring in good people because you can talk a little bit about how the Cubs kind of do something similar. Yeah, yeah, and I think you hit on the best point right there, uh, right at the end. We do an incredible job. I've said this on numerous interviews in the past. We do an incredible job bringing in good people. There, yeah. uh, I, I think when you have a group of 300 people or 500 people, however many it takes to make an organization run from, from top to bottom, obviously you're not going to go 500 for 500, but yeah. we hit at an incredible rate. We have a ton of good people, and I think that only helps. And you know, seeing the success that we had this year, that buy-in, especially from the pitching side, is only it, it's shooting through the roof, dude. And that's like that's what we're looking for. When we have everybody coming together that's completely bought in on the same philosophy, I think that's when you start to see like see a real development system grow. Um, and and I kind of mentioned this last week in an interview I was in, but I think it's really impressive that we're doing it as a big market team. You know, yeah. I think three years ago, three years ago, we were known as the org that couldn't develop pitching to save our lives. And yeah. that couldn't be further from where we're at right now. Like we are I, I, the entire team. You go top to bottom. Doesn't matter what affiliate. All those guys are more than competent. They're very every guy's very competitive. All of them have really good stuff. Our pitch design process has been implemented and executed with every guy. And it's and it shows, you know, you, you have a Myrtle Beach team that wins. Uh, the first half, they South Bend, uh, South Bend to start the year was still really competitive. And I got because yeah. I was there. So <laughs> <laughs> got to hype up the boys. Yeah. Um, the Myrtle team, a lot of those guys, the core of that team gets promoted, wins the second half in South Bend. And then you have a ten Tennessee team that pretty much rolled over an entire team all year. And yeah. we stayed steady in, in, in second all year and ended up finding ourselves in that championship series at the end. So, um, I just, you know, I think, I think we have buy-in and I think we have good people. And when you mix those two, I think it's going to be really advantageous, especially, you know, bringing back the whole big market thing. Like you can surround, you can surround the the free agent or the big, the big money guys yeah. with dependable, renewable talent. That's a recipe for success. Yeah. I remember looking at that Myrtle Beach lineup one day. I think it was like James Triantos. They had Pico Armstrong. It was like Kevin Alcantara. I'm like, this team is absolutely loaded because the Royal I cover the Royals for a while yeah. and they're oh, affiliate. Yeah. yeah. And they were playing Columbia. And I remember looking at this lineup. I'm like, if anybody can shove against this lineup, this is like a potential big league future lineup right here. And that and that rotation too, right? It was yeah. it was uh it was Hodge, Little and Endeavors to start the year. Yeah. And first and third probably could have been either guy could have been pitcher of the year for us. It's insane. I just remember seeing that. It's like that whole entire squad was just stacked. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it, it was really fun to see all the guys win. Um, all the guys win this summer and just seeing how much fun everybody was able to have while we were doing that. That was something that I saw in 2021 with the team used to cover the Royals. I, yeah. I spent the whole year in quad city or uh, not in quad cities. I I'm glad I didn't spend the whole year. In quad <laughs> so good. Um, you know, and, and now you're seeing those guys kind of turn out, uh, you know, Eaton, Massey, Pascal, yeah. you know, all those guys end up on the big league roster this year. And um, I think you just see you just reap the rewards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. And now that you kind of got to go through the playoffs and things like that, uh, what, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to this offseason or that you started to really dive into? Um, so I'm looking forward to my ability uh, or my pitch ability, increasing my pitch ability. I think one yeah. of the things that I struggled with, with the transition from 
high A to double A was the, uh, I guess, the decrease in usage of fastballs, uh, hmm. it, it forcing me forcing me to use kind of my other stuff. And I think at the end of the day, I just needed to trust myself a little bit more. But I also had I also had like a little bit of an ankle injury. I sprained my ankle in my first start there, and I just kept playing on it for like four weeks. Yeah. Uh, we go down to Biloxi, and I hurt my other ankle mid-game, have to come out. So I got two bad ankles, and I'm trying to throw. And I ended up spending about two, three weeks on the IL. But in that time – uh, all my movements on the mound had kind of shifted and put me in a position to not throw a ton of strikes. I, was, I wasn't giving myself a huge window of release to be within the zone. Um, so, I, you know, I'm looking forward to increasing my pitch ability uh, and just being able to throw anything, any count. Um, and the other thing I think goes along with seeing how far things kind of, I don't want to use the word spiraled, but, yeah. kind of, you know, seeing how far things got out of hand without me noticing. Um I think is a it's a goal of mine to increase my the time I put into video analysis of myself. Hmm. Uh, that was something I was really diligent about back in you know nineteen twenty when I first started this venture to really better myself and kind of take charge of my career. Um, and I don't know that I got laxed with it. It just it's never uh, there's never a time where they're like, hey, this is something that you should do. You know, yeah. you learn from the guys around you, and you're just trying to go with the flow. You're learning how to be a pro. Uh, but I, you know. Somebody, I learned from the Adam Wainwright situation at the end of the year. Remember when he had that big tweet when he's like, hey, this is what happened. This is, I didn't notice this. Uh, and this is why I pitched the way I did down the stretch. I think something similar can be said for me because if I just went back and looked at some of my starts and really looked into some of my video, I think that's a problem I probably could have diagnosed. I'm pretty smart when it comes to the biomechanics of pitching yeah. and all that fun stuff. So um, I think those two things, I need to be more accountable on the video side and man, the pitchability. I, I want to be able to throw everything in any count. Yeah. And just kind of have that confidence. And I think that's one thing that, um, that I really noticed with Kyle, Wright When he talked about in the postseason interview and they asked him if he was prepared for the postseason, he's like, there was a time where I had confidence in none of my stuff. And he was yeah. like, I was going out there and I could not just, I just had no confidence in what I was doing on the mound. He was, then I had one good start in the postseason, did a lot of mine, um, working on the mindset and on the mental game. And then next thing you know, he's just fruition to know this like number one, number two type starter. Um, so it's cool to see things like that. And that you're thinking about those things going in the off season. Yeah. And I, and I got some time uh, in postseason instructs down in Arizona to kind of refine some of the movements and whatnot, mm -hmm. get control of them again. And some of the outings I had towards the end before coming home were really encouraging. You know, I, I was a guy, once the movements kind of, you saw downtick and velo. I was a guy that would probably be like 93, 95, show you six. Um, when I went back down to Arizona, I was, you know, within a few, within a few, few weeks, I was back up to 96, 97, showing eight. So yeah. it, it's that quick. And once you see things come together like that, a few good days of catch in a row where you're mixing everything, mixing deliveries, um, just trying to put yourself in that situation. If you want to be good at pitchability, you got to practice the pitchability. Yeah. Uh, so hammering that in catch play and seeing that develop the way it did. That was really encouraging heading in the offseason. I'm looking forward to building on it. Yeah, and that's awesome. And so the other thing I always want to touch on, too, is uh, uh, you have all the kind of goals for baseball. But what are some of the things you're looking to do outside of baseball during the, the offseason? What are some of your passions outside the game? I, uh, I want to be present. And, and what I mean by that is, is we miss a lot during mm -hmm. the year. Us players, we miss, we miss a ton. We're really fortunate for the for the family that we have that they're as supportive as they are of us. And you know, I have a girlfriend back here, and she came down. She's a teacher, so she came down yeah. for a couple months in Tennessee, and that's 
incredible of her to do because other than that, I mean, we're probably going four or five months without hanging out or seeing. Yeah. So um, to be able to be present this winter, uh, go on a couple of vacations, um, you know, just be able to spend quality time with the people that you care about and the people that that care about you, even when times aren't great. I think that that is something I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, speaking of the girlfriend and I, we actually just got a new puppy. I'm trying to see if he's nice. <laughs> if he's, if we can get him on camera here, but he looks like he's being shy. So my dog always joins every once in a while. He'll just, he gets like mad that I'm on camera. And so he'll be like, sure. Got to come in the interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we just got what well, we just got little Wes. He's a, nice. he's, he's a golden doodle and he's been outstanding, man. I've been loving spending time with him and, um, yeah, man. You know, I, I would love to sit here and tell you I got all sorts of hobbies outside of this. But if I did, then, you know, you prioritize your training. I think mm -hmm. that that's my full time job, right? As a baseball yeah. player, I'm choosing not to work this year. Uh, if I had a ton of other hobbies, then I want to be able to be home with the people that I care about and that care about me. So um, I, I just want to be present, man. And I love that perspective because I think a lot of times when we think about being present, it, it takes. Um, it takes a lot of being intentional to do it in order to like when you're with family, with your wind friends, not being on phones and things like that. So it takes a lot of intentionality and the fact that you're thinking about that so early on in the off season, I think is it's, huge. It's actually funny you mentioned that because I do this thing. So I cook, I cook for us. Right. Mm -hmm. and that's one of my, we call that a hobby because I cook yeah. just about everything I eat uh, unless we're on, we're talking special occasions. But since I've been home, that's my thing is I'll plug in my phone at like six o'clock. I don't charge it at night. I charge, or I, I don't charge it overnight. I charge it at night. Yeah. So I go to bed. I throw it on low power mode at hundred percent and I go to bed, but it forces me to put my phone down for the night. And, and that's how I, that's how I like it to be. Just be fully, fully where your feet are. Love that. Um, and the last question I usually wrap up with, but since you mentioned cooking, I usually ask people what's their go-to restaurant for the off season, but I got to ask what's the go-to meal you're going to cook. Oof. early off season. So it's been, uh, it's been fun because it's been fun because I've been forced to be a little creative so far. We don't have a grill right now. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing everything <laughs> in the oven on the stovetop. Um, so like a little rundown every morning we'll do uh, a little like a fruit smoothie. So we'll do frozen fruit, uh, vanilla protein, creatine, and a banana. We'll throw that all in with water. That's nice. pretty much my breakfast. We'll do that with four eggs and cheese. Can't go wrong with that. I, I will never get tired of that. I can do that every day. <laughs> Food is function. We'll do that every day. Uh, I typically cook my own lunch when Madison's at work and I'll do like a chicken breast in the oven and I'll cook a bag of veggies with it. Uh, and then if I'm cooking for us, if I got to pick one meal because she loves them so much, it's her favorite, uh, the stuffed peppers. I'll, uh, do like, I'll do a pound of the, uh, I'll do three peppers and a pound of the ground beef, the 93.7. Yeah. Poor stuff. Got to get the 93.7 uh just meat and cheese inside the pepper and perfect stuff peppers perfect. are golden love we've those. been doing like a little side <laughs> like a little side dip of guac with it too outstanding amazing i guess while the last oh, while, while the you, dog man. parents nice yeah <laughs> hey wes what's up dude <laughs> we'll put that yeah. in the, the description guest appearance <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely um, the last question I always ask guys, just because we always focus on the human side of the game. Um, what would you have or what advice would you have for guys coming out of high school or college or taking even the route that you have to the professional baseball um, to kind of help them transition and make that transition um, to pro ball and make sure they kind of stay grounded um, within themselves? Um, I would go with. Uh, I think you got to surround yourself with the best people possible. 
Yeah. You know, and I think that's really hard to do. It's, it, there's a lot of luck involved, I think. Uh, but I think it's really uncomfortable just walking into an org, you, like talking like a guy like myself, I was the only guy who, or I guess I was one of two who signed at that point. Mm-hmm. The other guy was, uh, he was released during the pandemic and we had that wave of releases. So I, like, I was kind of the only guy in my spot. Uh, and I just kind of had to take the org for what it was. We were at winter mm-hmm. instructs and there's a hundred guys there and you don't know anybody. Um, so you kind of, there's a little bit of luck involved, but as you kind of start to feel the org out, try to surround yourself with the people that you view as most professional, because at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down. If you can't, you know, obviously you got to perform on the field, but if you're not professional, then we're not going to be moving up the ranks. That, yeah. that stuff that's kind of learned along the way. That's a very field based thing, but that feel is going to be developed by your peers. Um, the other thing I would go with, especially on the player development side, is that it's your career. And there, you're going to hear that a lot. Um, but, I, man, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like a like, – <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. It is your career. If you want to do things in the offseason, go do them. If you want to train with a specific company or if you want to try a certain throwing protocol – because you think that it's going to help you and there's logic to support that and you can regurgitate that or have an educated conversation about it, go do that. You know, you don't want, you know, or I shouldn't say you, I don't think anybody wants to be at the end of their career, hopefully a very long career. Nobody wants to be at the end of their career wishing that they would have tried X method. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's, it's your career. There are going to be certain limitations put on you or, you know, certain orgs, but certain limitations on guys. I don't, the Cubs haven't put any on me. I walked yeah. in the door and they basically told me, hey, if you want to try this, if you want to do your lifting program, you kind of got yourself to where you are. So if you want to do your lifting program, do yeah. it. Cubs have been nothing but gracious to me. I've heard stories about other orgs and other orgs do put limitations on guys. It's a very real thing. Um, but it is your career. You only get one shot at it. You know, I, what we were talking about before, um, talking about viewing in a very, uh, very business model way, every player is an asset. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. how that that is when it comes down to it, you are you are an asset. And that's okay, but you have to understand that you're in charge of your career and your development. Uh I think that's a really important thing. And that's a very hard thing for me to word on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a very important thing that you're also going to learn. Everybody here, if you're playing in Pro Ball, you're gonna learn what I'm trying to say based on the feel that you develop, based on the peers that you surround mm-hmm. yourself. They're going to learn over time what I'm trying to say by it's your career. Yeah. I think the good way to wrap that up into the episode is too. It's like one relationships and the importance of relationships because the people you surround yourself with when the game's over, they're just still going to be around. And so it's like making sure that you have those developed relationships and two, it's taking control of your own journey, make it what you want it to be and exactly. try to get there based on how you want to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Max, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been awesome. You're an incredible dude. And we are just wishing you the best of luck uh, when the season coming up. And so definitely stay in touch. And if there's anything that we can do, let us know. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on tonight, man. This was, uh, this was really fun. I'd be down to do this again sometime.
Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.